0: Welcome to the third episode of URT Number, the Amazing Race 32 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is a Canadian who we can tell is being serious when his hair's in a bun, Logan Saunders. Good afternoon. And the lady who never realises when drama's happening, Michelle pierce Denovan. Good morning. Good morning. It's the one intro Michelle's going to get this season that doesn't reference her hating her children. Are you an oracle? I will find a way. I always do.
1: <laughs> You're such a lovely man.
0: Well, as you well know, you found out the hard way that don't challenge me on limericks when it comes to rhyming. Because I will just start writing limericks on Twitter about how much you hate your children.
1: But the, but the, the, the last line has to rhyme <laughs> with the second line. Like, it didn't. It was like, oh, please, try again.
0: It basically rhymed.
1: No, it didn't. Not at all. I even said it out loud. And <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no.
0: So I think it's... It's right that we only begin with an apology for last week's episode because in last week's episode, I did claim that someone was posting Reddit threads to um, to get attention and that um, that it was going to be a keep on racing leg. And um, as you guys probably well know, the apology is, of course, owed to me because it was 100% true, everything I said, and I was doubted.
1: You were given an apology.
0: I wasn't given a proper apology. <laughs> so the apology is, of course, owed to me. And I will borderline accept it, let's be honest.
1: Well, that's good.
0: So previously, 10 teams kept on racing to Bogotá in Colombia. In a mine, they found hourglasses to use at a yield later on, before racing back to Bogotá in the morning to transport either emeralds or gold. The first five to leave made an alliance spearheaded by James and Will, but they forgot to read their clue and fell down the standings. Leona and helps out Kaylin and Haley, saving them from elimination, but sending Kelly and Levon home and teams must now book themselves onto a flight to Maneus in Brazil, using a phone provided by Phil at the pit stop. Once there, they need to head to the Mercado Municipal, where they'll find their next clue, and they have $285 for this leg of the race. And, for the first time in a long while, we actually have departure times, just to prove it wasn't keep on racing. So Hung and Chi leave at 3.36am, Gary and D'Angelo at 358 58, Riley and Madison at 422 Aparna and Ishwar at 429 Michelle and Vic at 434 James and Will at five eleven, Leo and Alana at six twenty eight, Kaylin and Haley at six thirty one, and Jerry and Frank at six thirty
1: three. The um, the mat looks very matte. Has it been sanded? Do You think?
0: <laughs> I don't know because that was kind of the problem that Hung had at the first pit stop is the fact that the mat was very slippy. It was pretty much vinyl. Yeah. It was a vinyl mat rather than the usual one, and I don't know why they've not brought the usual one with them this time.
2: It creates it creates jobs that they have somebody who is who does mat maintenance regularly on each leg. I hear they had to do two years of trade school just for that. They specialize specifically in amazing race mats.
0: By the end of the season it'll just be a slip and slide on the way to the pit stop. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Just a just a bit just uh have a big line of garbage bags leading into the finish line that everyone can just slide on their on their bellies down.
0: To be fair, that would be a very fun way to do the finish line, is have Phil at the end of uh, end of a path and just have a slip and slide all the way down there.
2: I, I feel bad for the team that finishes second on the final leg, because that would be the most depressing slip and slide ever for them. We could have won!
0: What they should do is have Phil and the mat at the end only for the first team, and then anyone else, he just steps out the way and they just go into a lake or something. whoop
2: (laughs) oh hung hung drowned (laughs) first it was concussion then the season ends with her drowning damn it
1: no this is better you go down the slip and slide and if you take out phil you get a trip somewhere
2: (laughs) that's like a video game so you score 50 points if you take out phil
0: So, yet again, it's another equaliser, and we get Hung and Chi recapping the yield. And then we get a confessional from James, which basically sets up this entire episode, saying he'd love to see Leon Alana go because they wanted a strong team out in leg two. And they are threatened by being at the bottom with Leon Alana and one team that they are also friends with and won't get any help from Leon Alana as a result of it. And then you cut immediately to Leon Alana saying they don't think they have any enemies. Mm. And then Jerry and Frank also get a bit of backstory. To which I only had one note, which was mmm, bye
2: <laughs> Yeah, pretty much You mean Frank and Peter It's so funny on Twitter just how many people don't know either one or both names for that team What was what were the two that, that I found? Frank and Peter and then I think it was like Jerry and Chris or something Something that Another name that wasn't even close
0: The best thing is the fact that I've already seen people campaigning for Jerry and Frank to come back for All-Stars, and it's like, why? They did nothing. They literally did nothing in this season.
2: Or rather, production Production thought they did nothing.
0: We saw probably five minutes of them in three episodes.
2: I don't know, they didn't even really get that much airtime in this episode. They, like, it was one of the very, very few legs where they created zero suspense as to who finished last place because they showed Leo and Alana checking into the pit stop, even before Jerry and Frank were done the second task. There was, they, even even before Leo and Alana finished their, their other uh, U-turn task, they didn't edit to make it appear it was close at all because they always showed Leo and Alana at least one full task ahead. It wasn't like, Oh, who's going to finish the second task first? It was, Lee and Alana finished their second task, and I think either a few seconds before or a few seconds after Jerry and Frank finished their first U turn task, then Leo and Alana are at the pit stop, and that's it.
1: <laughs> um it's good it was good having the airport chat because they're rare now, aren't they?
0: They are, but my problem is, I know I've complained about this before, the fact that they're all equalized. Each leg means absolutely nothing as a result of the fact that they don't really let them book their own flights
2: dislike they got to book their own flights it was so easy it was just a
0: swipe of a finger and boom you booked your own flight travelocity yeah but you and i both know that they'd already got tickets on those flights they just had to do it as a demonstration (laughs) yeah
2: and then madison has used the app before i mean that's an endorsement from one of the racers themselves like oh yeah i do this all the time when I'm at home watching TV, I just pull out my Travelocity app and just use it on my phone. There was no gnome appearance, though. Did the gnome not get uh, approval to get on the Amazon?
0: No, he's he's in quarantine. <laughs> yeah. I think I have actually seen a picture of the gnome wearing uh, a face mask recently.
2: He's just, he's no longer the Travelocity roaming gnome. Now he's just Travelocity
0: gnome. He's the Travelocity homing gnome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, as Michelle said, James and Will solidify an alliance at the airport with Riley and Madison, and they also love partnering and Ishwa, Hung and Chi, and Gary and D'Angelo.
2: The funny thing about this alliance, as we'll see through the episode, is that it really includes every team on the season. Everybody helps everybody this leg.
0: Yeah, because for all the talk of Leo and Alana being the big bogeymen, I guess, in this episode, I-, I think at least half of the teams get help from Leo and Alana at some point in this leg.
1: Yeah, they're all really nice, friendly teams.
0: Yeah, but the whole point of this episode was to kind of build up Leona and Alana as a bit of a threat and semi-explain why James and Will use their U-turn. And it's like, they're not that big a threat, though. No. They don't come across as one.
2: Or just how, was it, Gary and D'Angelo help Michelle and Victoria, and then Michelle and Victoria help, I think, Frank and Jerry are one of the other teams, and then somebody else helps Frank and Jerry. And I'm thinking... I don't think I can recall an episode where nine teams all all just help each other, except maybe oh, I guess Amazing race twenty eight with the Chamonix leg where they were all helping each other or Geneva when they're all helping each other with the flag challenge. That's like the only other recent occurrence I can think of where it's a where the whole roster gets included in just, into just one messed up web of alliances.
0: Yeah, it was just an odd episode. I know a lot of people were saying this is this is a great episode, it was such a delightful mess, and I'm watching it going, yeah, it was alright. It wasn't really anything special, it was a bit linear, being honest. It was a touch too linear for my taste, but it was okay, I guess?
2: I'm just glad they did uh, two challenges, well, two and a half challenges since both sides of the detour were done up for a couple teams, but to reduce it down to two challenges instead of instead of three for this week. Then they I bet you if there was three challenges, we wouldn't have really gotten any hints of those alliances. That would have been unaired footage for the CBS website, I'm sure.
0: It does explain why they showed the Leo and Alana helping out Kalen and Haley thing last week though. If it actually came into play this week.
2: Yeah. Fortunately Leo and Alana are still getting hate from what happened last week with Kalen and Haley. Yeah, they've had people Keep posting on their inst on their Instagram and then I think Leon Alana blocked some of them. And then they took to Twitter saying, "No, oh, you blocked us on Instagram because you're trying to hide yourself from scrutiny. And it's like, well, no, it's just because you're being a jerk on my Instagram. That's the only reason why. Do you see me not talking to everybody else who had an issue with what happened at the end of last episode?
0: Um, and And something very interesting, I thought, is that we actually get our first example of James and Will's phrases that they learnt before the race coming into handy, because they know all of the taxi phrases in Portuguese.
2: Yeah, I noticed that too, right when they first got into their original cab, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was when they landed Manaus. We see that James and and Will use one of their taxi phrases straight away.
2: Michael, do you know the story about the FIFA World Cup with Manaus? No. No, well, just because it's a fairly remote, it's like, it's a fairly big city, but it's fairly remote within Brazil itself, because it's right on the Amazon. And for the World Cup, they had to build one of the stadiums in Manaus, and they had to ship all of the, uh, all of the equipment and all of the supplies to build the stadium. They had to like send it through the river, and it was just this huge, just this huge effort just to get that stadium built, because you're essentially building a massive stadium in the middle of nowhere so that's that's the only thing i really know about mineas is that whenever they had the world cup games they said oh yeah it was a complete <laughs> it was super duper expensive to build this because it was this huge process since there's no other r- real shipping routes that are convenient to build a huge freaking stalker stadium here
1: um question you know how yes. the teams are they sort of vaguely know where they may be going because they, they have to get visas for a certain list of countries. Um, but say, like Portuguese, is it's not a widely used language. So say they were told South America. So there's a lot of different languages. I wonder how they pinpointed Portuguese in particular.
0: So what James and Will said is they did it for the most common languages in the world and for the largest countries in the world.
1: Okay. I I wouldn't have picked Portuguese, I don't think.
0: No, I probably wouldn't have picked Portuguese either. But it depends, because I think think they only get visas for the countries that they're actually going to go to now.
2: Yeah, they don't do additional visas. And I don't think Brazil would even be... You wouldn't even need a visa for Brazil. It's it's visa-free for me, and it's visa-free for the Philippines. So uh, I would assume... It would be visa free for Americans.
0: I don't know enough about the the American visa free travel to to say that for certain. But I don't know if they'd have got an inkling that they were going to go to Brazil. But I think, given that Brazil is one of the largest countries in the world, given they'd not been to Brazil for a while, I'm not sure if it's one of the most widely spoken languages in the world.
2: I think it's pretty high up there, just because Brazil has close to two has like 200 million people, so that would definitely it's like how with indonesia we you know there's almost 300 million people there so and they go to indonesia frequently so i think it'd be the same thing where might be only one country that might speak that might speak the target language but it's such a significant number of people and a frequently visited amazing race location that it's worthwhile to learn those phrases
1: okay i've just googled portuguese is ninth
0: I think what Will and James said is they learnt the top seven or eight languages in the world. And according to Wikipedia, it's the sixth most natively spoken language in the world.
1: Oh, I just, added some, I did some, I've got some blog thing for this year. It was ninth, but that's okay. We can uh, agree with this.
2: Depends on native, maybe the native speaker thing was the difference there. Because that's, a, that's pretty key.
0: But I, I think James and Will said they did the top seven or eight, if I remember rightly from their video. So that does... That does make a lot of sense. And Michelle says it's serious when she has her hair in a bun. And Riley re- realised, much to the irritation of pretty much anyone who natively speaks Portuguese, that Portuguese is basically a combo of Italian and Spanish, and he's fluent in Italian because he lived in Italy for a year, and he knows a bit of Spanish. And it is Aparna and Ishwa who are first to arrive. Yep. So it's an active root info, which is, teams must search the market for 11 items, all of which are written on a list in Portuguese. When they purchase them all and hand them to the boatmaster, they will get their next clue. And this is basically where Jerry and Frank lose the leg, because they decide to follow Michelle and Vic, which is a bad idea.
2: Would you say that Frank and Jerry are one of the more passive teams we've seen race in a while?
0: Oh, definitely. There's a good reason we've not seen a father-son team in a while, I think.
2: Yeah, you need, you, need a fo- you need a parent-child team in general that's fairly aggressive and a trendsetter, I would say jerry and frank i think the reason why they got fifth in that first leg is because they didn't really take any risks and if you take risks don't take risks then you can fall somewhere in the middle of the pack and here they don't take a risk they just follow another team but unfortunately the other seven teams don't screw it up so you followed the one team that did screw it up and suddenly you're guaranteeing yourself to be in dead last no matter what
1: yeah that's so annoying isn't it follow the wrong team
0: i think jerry and frank are very nice I don't think they were cut out to be racist. It
2: makes you think of the other parent child teams who try to apply for this. What different? if there's father if there's or any parent child team out there that would be that is aggressive. Maybe they're they're just tough to find. Maybe that's why we rarely see parent-child teams anymore.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Jerry and Frank were recruited. And I think it kind of shows with how there's just not even no aggression, there's just no impetus to keep trying to be at the front and try and be a bit independent. That's just how it came across to me, at least. Yeah, and the very minimal airtime we saw.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We didn't see a lot of them.
0: That was the implication I got from them in their preseason bio, and nothing changed. I had a pretty good read on them. I, I think I said they would be kind of first third of the season out and just kind of very, very steady, very passive. Yeah, and you know, I wasn't wrong. <laughs>
2: That's exactly what we got.
0: Yeah, knowing absolutely no spoilers, I've managed to predict the last two boots in a row. Can't point out.
1: Oh, you're so good, Michael.
0: Do you want to? Do you want a cookie? <laughs> <laughs> that was last week, Logan. That was last week's title. Do you want a cookie or something? Um... <laughs> yeah, this is just basically a victory lap of an episode for me. I just like to like to point out when I'm awesome, which is, you know, 90% of the time.
1: Oh, jeez, yes, totally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Riley and Madison tell the vendors at the stalls to help their friends out, and the clue actually tells them which stalls to find, which is a bit off for this sort of a challenge, I would say.
1: But then they're not in the in an order. They, they still have to find the stalls, even though it says I'll stall, whatever, 38. They're, still, they're not in an order that is, well, normal.
2: A thought just went through my head that they probably needed to make this leg a bit shorter overall because I have a feeling that those Amazon those tasks on the Amazon they wouldn't be able to do once it was dark out. I have a feeling they had a bit of a daytime restriction with this leg.
1: Why do you say that?
2: Well, well, just well, Bertram was saying in an interview that they were given unprecedented access to film on the Amazon, and it just went through my head thinking, why were there only the two tasks, or why did they make that? Well you guys mentioned that the stall task was a little bit easier. And I was thinking, why would they make it easier? And then I realized Bertram was saying that they were given unprecedented access for a TV crew to film a competition on the Amazon like that. So maybe they were really, really encouraged to make sure the whole leg was done before it was dark out because I'm sure the Amazon's not the easiest place to film once night falls. I know it's a bit of a different animal for a TV show to film at nighttime outside.
0: And also, just from a safety point of view, I'm not sure them running around with machetes unprotected in the Amazon would necessarily be a good idea.
2: <laughs> At nighttime, yeah, trying yeah trying to put those palm fronds together and stuff. I'm yeah, that wouldn't surprise me either.
1: The um the markets would have been so full with all the crew there as well because they were quite narrow markets. Could you imagine? Just would have been chaos in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a minimum of. Of 36 people, including the racers, that were just running around.
2: Hence why we constantly see them in each other's camera shots. (laughs) Yeah. This is the third episode in a row where we constantly see the production crew. It's like, in this day and age, it just seems that the Amazing Race wants and other shows want to tip you off of, hey, we know our audience is smart enough to be aware that this is a TV show. We're not really hiding it anymore. We're going to show... Where the camera crew is or the sound guys everyone knows how it's how it's all made now it's just so because that information is is a lot more readily available for people to read about as as opposed to the first few seasons where it could be covered up a lot more as to what happens on the race
1: do you also think it's because in this particular season we've seen races Bunched together quite a bit, so it's really hard for the cameraman to get out a shot if if another team gets in there. Like we've had like four or five teams together at some point, and it's really difficult.
2: I'm sure that plays into it too.
0: Yeah, that that's my read on it is the fact that it's really difficult when thinking back to Trinidad and Tobago. The first one and probably the most egregious one was when they are on the dock reading the roadblock hint. There is literally nowhere else for them to go they could not have done it any other way because there's nowhere for them to go.
1: Unless they start filming um, from the water like like Survivor does, and they're not going to suddenly jump in the water.
0: No, it, it kind of had to be done that way, Piola, because there was literally no other way to do it without, you know, killing anyone. So, as I mentioned, one of the items is a machete, which is unprotected and, you know, really dangerous for them to be running around the markets of Menaeus with an unprotected machete.
2: Can you imagine if Colin and Christy had to do this in season five? Colin running around with an unprotected machete? (laughs) Like, Myrna would not make it out of filming.
0: Oh my god. I was Um, thinking someone like like Chris and Anastasia.
1: (laughs) Yeah, give it to Anastasia. She's angry.
2: (laughs) I said, wait, and I meant it. I really meant it
1: um james and will i don't know who said it someone said don't run with the knife but then james said give it to me i will like what i don't understand
2: yeah if you're oh it's like oh will you're so weak you don't want to run around with a really sharp object if you're not going to do it then i will you know somebody's gonna have the guts around here
0: wimp And on the subjects of James and Will, given this episode essentially revolves around them, Will looks so warm that he could genuinely still be wearing the clown makeup from last week. He is very flushed in this episode, and it it made me laugh every time, because I'm like, we're really not that far from Will dressed as a clown again.
1: (laughs) But didn't they still have long sleeves on? Like, I know you protect yourself from the sun, but seriously your skin needs air because it gets like i understand it was probably over 40 degrees and you're so hot it's like you're burning from the inside out when you're running and stuff like that so like long sleeves
0: why quite a lot of people were um, were wearing leggings as well
1: that's insane i'm
2: gonna guess there is probably lots
0: of bugs Yeah, like half of the guys were wearing leggings this time. I I assume it was because of the bugs, as as Logan says. But you spray yourself then. But yeah, (laughs) it looked very warm. I think Will and James's exact
2: quote was, it's 105% humidity.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's a good one.
0: So I think, and and I
2: get the, because they're both from LA, right?
0: Well, they both live in LA. James is from Michigan, I think.
2: Yeah. So their their roots aren't exactly to deal with humidity. I think that actually comes up where Gary says he's from Florida, so he doesn't really mind it. But if if you if you don't like humidity, it can really play it can really hamper you, especially if you're in a competition.
0: James is from uh, from Michigan, and Will's from Texas originally.
2: So Will should be able to handle it a little bit better, unless Texas is just some parts of it is just dry but not humid.
0: Yeah, it depends where because unless you buy the coast, it's not going to be as humid as, say, a Florida or a Hawaii because you don't really get kind of jungles on marshland in um, in Texas, do you?
2: No. Not to
0: the same extent. So James and Will do leave in first, and teams must now travel by riverboat to the Dasana village, and the chief will shoot their next clue down with a logan. And this is where it all kind of falls apart because Riley and Madison are missing a pair of gloves. Pana and Nishwa are missing a pair of gloves and a pack of flour, and then it's Hung and Chi who's leaving second, Leo and Alana in third, and Gary and D'Angelo in fourth. However, James and Will, when they get back to the boat, realize they're missing their machete. They find it, but of course then there is the conversation about someone not running with a knife.
1: It's just a mess. Oh yeah,
0: this is this is genuinely the messiest challenge, I think, for a long while in Amazing Race. It is a mess. (laughs)
1: And when the there was a whole group of them that started to run to the big boat, and I'm thinking, oh my god, those poor cameramen—they're probably thinking, Jesus, it's so humid. Stop running the wrong way. Remember your items, Christ. They're probably like, would you just get it together?
2: Can we just stop and think about this for a second? <laughs> If you if you if you don't know where you're going, can you just stop and not run aimlessly up and down this beach in forty degree heat with one hundred and five percent humidity?
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, poor, poor cameraman! Oh my
2: god! I understand now why Phil said that this was the toughest season they filmed in a very 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 long time. Because I think the camera, I think the cameramen were probably wiped out by the end of this episode. <laughs> I also noted that during this chaos, Riley Madison finished this market task in
0: six, but were first on the boats because they were the only people who actually read their clue.
2: Yeah, they jumped up five spots in the space of two minutes. <laughs> yeah, and this is after they helped. I think Riley Madison helped more teams than anybody this leg, because so he helped his whole alliance, and then he was just coaching random people at the detour. I guess they would be more accustomed to humidity since they're from Hawaii.
0: Yeah, that's what they say. At the um, that's what they say at the shelter task is that we're from Hawaii. We're absolutely fine with this. Yeah.
1: I was going to um, actually go back and watch it again because I wanted to count how many times the uh, four metallic chimes were used for. Oh, you've done something wrong. Because that got a workout this episode.
2: Yeah, I think somebody pointed out on Twitter that it's going to give them nightmares.
0: <laughs> so Kaylin and Haley leave in fifth With Riley and Madison in sixth James and Will get back to their boat And realise they're missing the fish And Most of the teams didn't grab their stuff Unlike Riley and Madison who actually read their clue And they are actually the first To leave the dock
2: I'm impressed that people Were able to leave their stuff Unintended in Brazil for Several minutes or even close to an hour at a time And be able to come back to it And retrieve it that is not Brazil's reputation.
1: I missed the camera just it the whole time looking at it and said, no, no one else is going to come up.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you kind of got to assume that there was going to be somebody guarding the stuff.
2: Well, this is the country that had its own Amazing Race franchise where a team got robbed at a traffic stop at gunpoint.
0: Exactly. You'd assume that of all the countries they go to in this season, Brazil probably had the most security around.
2: <laughs> you hope, anyway. With lo- I mean, that, there's a lot of machetes around. Maybe that was more for teams to defend themselves rather than for the detour. If somebody tries to rob you, license to use the machete to fend them off.
0: So we get another confessional from James and Will. James cries and says, it's really special to share this experience with Will. Just, you know, reminding us they're going to win the leg. And Gary and D'Angelo and Leo and Alan have to go back and buy more of the stuff. Jerry and Frank, setting themselves back again, are the only ones who didn't buy a real machete.
1: Why? Why would you buy a cardboard machete? And how much did it cost?
2: More than a real one? I wrote it down in my notes saying, Jerry and Frank seem so passive. That was my note at this point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they just kind of they realize that they're wrong and then just kind of shrug, which, in theory, is is an all right, um, all right attitude because none of this is going to stress you out. However, there's no impetus, essentially. There, there's no urgency on it.
1: That would stress me out. If I suddenly realized, I wouldn't be like, oh, idea. Oh You're I'd like, ah, let's go.
0: You wouldn't just shrug it off. No. And that's that's kind of the issue. I think that's I think it's an attitude thing with Jerry and Frank more than anything is the fact that they're just kind of they don't have the urgency they need.
1: They're mellow.
2: Urgency is a good word. I would I would I piggyback on that word.
0: So Michelle and Vic are eighth to leave with Jerry and Frank in last, and neither of them grab their stuff, which becomes a problem. And when teams get the clue in the Desana village they get the first detour of the season, which is Shelter from Trees or Well Done, Please. In Shelter from Trees, teams have to carry a bundle of palm leaves and then weave a section of roof onto a shelter to get their next clue. And in Well Done, Please, teams must prepare a meal using the ingredients they bought to the exacting standards of the topless judge to get their next clue. Is this the episode of Amazing Race that has had the most blurs since Freddy and Kendra won? (laughs) Could I think so. Could be. There were a lot of blurs in this episode.
1: There has to be.
0: I know it's all about kind of the authentic experience and all that, but it was very distracting when you see teams kind of cooking up a storm and then uh, and and then just half of the frame is blurred as a result.
2: Can't even see what they're cooking. They should have just randomly blurred out some of the teams so you think that they're not wearing clothes either. <laughs>
0: And in another recurring joke from the season, Gary and D'Angelo have another slow boat, but end up telling Michelle and Vic that they need their items, at which point the girls turn round. And being friendly, Michelle and Vic try and help Jerry and Frank, but they don't hear them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was
2: something straight out of a ske- sketch comedy of just where somebody tries to pass on very important information, but they always mishear it. That's essentially what we got. They were trying to yell something to us. Maybe they are telling us, good job, keep on going, you're doing great.
1: <laughs> why would you even try to yell from a boat to another boat, which has got the same amount of noise? What you would do would, ho- would be hold up the bag. Hold up the bag, show them the bag. Don't try and yell when they can't hear it. So frustrating why people don't think.
2: <laughs> no, they just finished the challenge really quickly. That was fast. They were only like two minutes ahead of us. How did they pull that off? This is a short leg. I wonder if they thought they were going to the wrong place with how much longer the boat ride was. And they're thinking, Michelle and Victoria would have already been at the route marker and finished the
0: task and headed back by now. Why are we still in this boat? And then Jerry and Frank get to the island and realise they don't have their bag of shopping and have to turn all the way back around, which is essentially just a game over moment. Game over.
1: It's a 45 minute trip, apparently.
0: Yeah, at that point, they are utterly screwed.
2: Because they would lose 90 minutes. 45 minutes there, 45 minutes back.
0: And then we get the quote of the episode from Jerry, which is when he tries to perk up Frank by telling him, get your head down, continue grinding, that's all you can do. So it's good advice on the dance floor. (laughs) And Gary and D'Angelo start doing the roof all wrong, and Riley and Madison help them out and then it's James and Will leaving Weldon in first. And teams must now head to the Maloka Beach and search for their next clue. Caution, double U-turn ahead.
2: U-turns and yields on the same season? Did Michael McKay produce this?
0: <laughs> now, a few points. Number one is the fact that Art Banner is, of course, Will rolling his eyes. That was a Franken shot. I am reliably informed by James that actually Will was rolling his eyes at James jokingly saying, shall we switch detours? And um, they put in the episode to make it look like he was eye-rolling at Leo and Alana arriving. Point two. The clue says, and I quote, this is one of only two U-turns in the race, make a big move. Yes. You can only imagine my reaction to the last four words of that. (laughs) I know
2: production's really try- was trying to push for something to happen. Well, we didn't have the yield used in the second episode, so teams better use the U-turn and let's just, sh- let's just push them into, into using the U-turn. They may or may not get more airtime on TV because of it.
0: This is the point where I'm going to start ranting, because Survivor has got into a rut, and it is entirely because of the attitude of make a big move at every opportunity. You don't win shows like Survivor by making a quote-unquote big move every single time. Mm. Because if you do, you stick your head above the parapet, you get cut down to size, especially post-merge. merch. is not a good attitude in Survivor, it is a worse attitude in Amazing Race. Because there is absolutely no benefit to using the first U-turn, if you're in first place. And as much as I know James and Will are going to listen to this and probably argue with me Mm -hmm. over it, It is a terrible move using the first U-turn, even if it's a season where you can use as many as you want.
2: That was kind of funny online because people aren't aware of that rule, so they're like, oh, those guys just wasted their U-turn. I'm thinking, "Ah, I'm pretty sure they can use one more U-turn and two more yields, possibly.
0: (laughs) We have absolutely no indication that the multiple use of U-turn rule is still there. We have no indication that it's gone back to one U-turn per season. James and Will would know better than I will, so this could entirely be a moot point. However, using the first U-turn generally is a terrible idea unless you're at the back of the pack, because it just marks you out as being the sort of team who needs to get cut down to size. Strategically, it's a terrible move. As a viewer, it's probably way more entertaining because it just sets up rivalries, which is the whole point of putting it in this leg. But strategically, as a player of the race, it's a dreadful move.
1: I found it quite surprising being so early on in the race and for a team that was coming first. However, because James is such a fan, I'm thinking he must have had some solid reasoning behind it, but... I don't think it was necessary. I think it's just put a target on his back from Leo and Alana. But, again, Leo and Alana are really nice people, so they may not retaliate with hatred. It was just I thought it was a bit unusual.
2: Like if Leo and Alana go to a U-turn, they might they might not U-turn Will and James just for revenge they might U-turn whoever they need to U-turn in a specific situation.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't think I I think you would use a U-turn for how you need to use it, not just for revenge, you know? Well, that's what I would do anyway.
2: I'm trying to think if there's a time where a team in first place used the U-turn with 9 teams or more left. This might it might be the first time it's happened.
0: Yeah, I d- I don't know. I I think on the surface of it, it's probably a terrible strategic move.
2: One thing we didn't really discuss is that the teams who have typically to have typically been at the top of the leaderboard have all aligned together.
0: Yeah, but as you well know, alliances don't tend to stick together forever in an amazing race, especially when teams maybe help each other out and then get to the back of the pack and then start having to actually fight with each other.
2: Yeah, maybe this maybe Will and James's other justification for using this U-turn was to demonstrate to their own five-team alliance saying, "Hey, we u turn somebody outside of our alliance. It's it's us versus them now.
0: But then that's not followed up by the fact that Hung and Chi come in second to the U-turn board and don't use it.
2: Oh yeah, Hung and Chi just... Hung and Chi know after winning the first two legs that they kind of need to keep a low profile. I'm sure if they use the U-turn, boy oh boy, do they really stick out.
1: Yeah.
0: If there was an agreement there, Hung and Chi would have probably u turn James and Will just to block off the second spot. Especially if James and Will are so worried about Leo and Alana and Kaylin and Haley having an alliance.
2: Also, just a side note for Chi: the yield is not a brand new twist to the race. No, it isn't. However, we can forgive him since it's been 21 seasons since it's been used in the American version. If he was a real fan, he would watch the international versions. And no, it is very much still alive. Why didn't you watch the second season of Amazing Race Australia? Eight years ago, you would know it's still somewhat active out there. Or Amazing Race Asia 5, which was uh, three, years, three, now, three years ago. Yeah, that would have been three years ago now. If only he watched Amazing Race Asia 5, then he would also know the legend of Tara Bazero.
0: He missed out. She is the people's angel. The w- wonderful people's angel. So yeah, my note on the make a big move clue is, of course, fuck off producers. And Riley and Madison say they're used to humidity because they're from Hawaii, and Gary is from Florida, so so is he. And then James and Will make the quote-unquote big move of the episode by U-turning Leo and Alana. And teams are now head by riverboat to Barco Correa Filo, the pit stop for this leg of the race. The last team's check-in will be eliminated. The rest will sleep on the riverboat in hammocks that evening. And Hung and Chi leave well done in second... And then Leo and Alana hear that there is a U-turn and think that they're safe because they've not annoyed anyone yet.
1: Well, yeah, that's true.
0: And then James and Will check in in first. And unsurprisingly, James cries his little head off. Aww. And then Phil says, can anyone say sweat? Is
2: that his way of doing a Got Milk commercial? The Amazon tourism board.
0: I think this is really interesting because... In the preview, I said James and Will probably don't win a leg because there would have been a proposal if James and Will had won a leg. There was a proposal right after the race for them, and yet there wasn't a proposal on the race, which I'm shocked at, especially if James is such a big fan of race. Mm hmm So it's really interesting that they check in first here, and then there is no proposal. Maybe their
2: fingers were so sweaty that it'd be tough to get the ring on.
0: Maybe, but then that would have made a really funny moment as they're struggling for a good five or ten minutes to try and get the ring on. Can anyone say sweat? Can anyone say sweat? Shut up, Phil. I'm trying to put this ring on. It was just Phil taunting them during their whole proposal. That
2: that went on air, I'm sure.
0: And they win a trip to wonderful Indonesia to Bali. Oh, I need to look up where exactly that place was that they won in Bali.
1: It's in Dua. Oh, I had a look. Oh, it is Dua. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I spent five days there with Jian.
1: Yeah, it's really nice.
2: Yeah, I like Sedua. This is just white noise to me. <laughs> <laughs> the white noise or white beach as well. <laughs> yeah, they had like a... What was it at? It's, it's the only place really in Bali where it's safe to walk on the sidewalks <laughs> without getting your feet ran over constantly.
0: And Hung and Chi choose not to U-turn and they say they didn't realize that drama was happening already then Riley and Madison get rejected at Shelter, and the judge even tells them what they've done wrong. And then Hunger G check in second, and she freaks out. Then Kaylin and Haley, leave Well Done in third, with Riley and Madison leaving Shelter in fourth. And then Kaylin and Haley repay Leo and Alana by U-turning Jerry and Frank out of the race. Game over.
2: Yeah, I, I don't even know if the U-turn would have kept Jerry and Frank in, if, uh, even if they were spared from it.
0: I don't think it would, because Leo and Alana weren't in the same shot as Jerry and Frank at any point, basically in this entire leg. I think they were screwed regardless, but the U-turn really didn't help. So being like
2: 90 or minutes or so behind, maybe they would have been 50 minutes behind, realistically.
0: And a partner and Ishwar say they live in different cities and don't hang out like they used to, and they're doing amazing race to try and spend time together again.
2: And Ishwar commits the foul of saying dude to his sister. For some reason, that always annoys me when somebody does that to me. If they're if they're frustrated they just say, oh, dude, dude, what are you doing? It's like, lay off, man. That's just dumb.
0: He's only allowed to refer to his sister as either buddy, pal, or mate. There's no other acceptable words.
2: Not dude. Dude, dude. God, what is he, a hippie?
1: Dude is Logan's trigger word. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Need to add that to the bingo card. <laughs> How do you turn them just for that? And Gary and D'Angelo leave Shelter in fifth, and then Kaylin and Haley check in, in third. Michelle says she's not trusted with knives at home, and her and Vic shout at each other, although not as much as they shouted at hung in the unaired scene. <laughs> yeah, I was about to mention, did you see that unaired scene? No, oh, I haven't.
1: <laughs> what happened?
0: So when... When Hung and she are leaving, um, they get told they can use any boat, so they go and try and claim Michelle and Vic's boat because um, they just arrived. And it basically turns into Michelle and Vic shouting at Hung and then apologising to Hung for shouting at <laughs> her. Because <laughs> Hung is the world's loveliest person. <laughs> Although she kind of went, kind of she went
2: crazy when she got on the the original boat, where she's saying, "I've never heard you scream that loud before." Why are you just randomly shouting into the Amazon? What animals are you summoning?
0: She's just really trying to summon the the bacteria that all the Survivor the Amazon people were warned about.
2: Yeah, or to ward off the fires. I think that would have happened after filming this. this, uh, this season filmed so long ago that I think the massive Amazon fire would have happened after this season.
0: Yeah, because Phil would have done a PSA if it's uh, if it had actually affected it.
2: Yeah, it's just a big cloud of smoke. If the humidity doesn't get you, the thousands of hectares of Amazonian wildfire will certainly do you in.
0: The smoke inhalation will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just see teams pissed, uh, not pissed, passed out at the pit stop. And Leo and Alana are the sick to leave well done. They find out from Gary and D'Angelo that they have been U-turned. And understandably, they're pretty annoyed at this. And then Riley and Madison checking in fourth, Gary and D'Angelo checking in fifth, and then Michelle and Vic leave well done in sixth, but don't grab a clue.
2: That was another really good unaired scene, was them hunting down for the Maloka. Who's the Maloka? Are you a a Candelabra? Are you a Maloka?
0: Have you seen that one of the episode titles coming up is uh, a reference to Are You a Candelabra? Oh, really? Really? Yeah, let me just check which one it is, because I can't remember off the top of my head. Um... Episode 8 is called Are You a Rickshaw? Rickshaw.
2: (laughs) Oh, I I really hope they use a greeter or a local, or in the clue they say, You need to get your clue from a guy named Rickshaw. Mr. Shaw, first name Rick. His name is actually Rickshaw, and he is a Rickshaw driver.
0: And Aparna and Ishwa leave shelter in 7th. Leo and Alana put their palm fronds the wrong way, and that breaks Alana inside. Maybe she forgot Jerry and Frank were still in this season. And Leo says that they were apparently told not to be down together. So if one of them's down, the other one's not allowed to be by his parents. However, if you spot it, this confessional's actually from Bogota. What? You can see when he's speaking that it's in the park in Bogota. Really?
2: Yep. Maybe was talking about uh, the goat task when Alana breaks down there. And they decided to just transplant it to this episode?
0: Yep. The, the backdrop was quite blatantly the same backdrop that they did all the confessionals from last week in the parking boat mm. And then after 34 minutes, Michelle and Vic find the pit stop clue. Aparna and Ishwar are checking in sixth, with Michelle and Vic in seventh, and then Jerry and Frank are the last to leave well done. And then Leo and Alana leave shelter in eighth, and she doesn't even get a hug off the judge.
1: No, you don't. You don't go in for a hug to the native people who aren't wearing many clothes and and aren't from your sort of. Um, I don't know. Maybe those people don't hug generally like like others do. Like
0: it's just really entertaining that. Alana's obviously a hugger, and she goes in for the hug, and he ends up basically forcing her into a handshake. It's really funny.
2: Which detour would you guys have chosen? We haven't had that conversation in a while.
0: I would have chosen the cooking purely because it looked like it was less stringently judged.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: I thought that... Teams seem to have a lot less trouble with the cooking than the shelter building.
2: Cooking teams were out faster, but I feel like if you really screw up the cooking, you could be there a bit longer.
1: But then, do you have enough stuff to be able to cook again? This was the thing. I thought they were going to cook most of their supplies in that first cook, so then they wouldn't have had enough to do a second one, so they were going to have to let them pass the first
0: time. Yeah, I think it was lenient as a result of the limited items, being honest. Yeah. 'Cause I don't I don't think we actually saw the teams use anything from the bag for the shelter detour. I think it was all used in the cooking one.
2: I think it was the Scarface quote that you don't excessively fry your own supply.
0: Which one would you have put Logan?
2: Uh, the shelter task. This cooking task would have
0: scared me. <laughs> of course you would. And Leo and Alana checking in eighth. And then Jerry breaks down and they leave shelter in last and then get eliminated. And then we actually get something brought up that wasn't mentioned before, which is that Jerry has had two hip replacements and a knee replacement, which explains why he was running so weirdly at the start line.
1: Poor thing.
0: T didn't even do a roadblock, did he?
1: No, they planned for him not to do the first couple of roadblocks and he would he would start doing them after, like, League 3.
2: That's an interesting strategy. Do it when there's fewer teams. Yeah. When the teams that aren't as good have been eliminated already. Unless they were hoping for higher NEL probability.
0: Yeah, that strikes me as the, the behavior of a team who's never seen Amazing Race before.
2: Yeah, you don't want to choose your worst teammate to do roadblocks with higher stakes, unless what they meant was that they were going to wait for legs where they were pretty sure it was a non-elimination.
0: Yeah, the thing is I can see him not being able to do the tightrope challenge last week, but he 100% could have done the steel pan challenge. Well,
2: that would have been ideal. He doesn't have to move anything that involves two hip replacements and a knee surgery.
0: That's the thing. He wasn't being judged on performance on that. He was being judged on accuracy, so he would have been absolutely fine.
2: So if he's in that condition, following that's a team that has to take risks. Then they can't follow other teams because a guy like that's not going to win a foot race against racers who are teams who are approximately half his age and don't have double hip replacements and a knee surgery. So you, um, yeah, those are interesting decisions to make.
0: So next week, in Paraguay, Ishwa snaps, Gary and D'Angelo tumble, and Kaelin and Haley get lost while their taxi driver disappears.
2: And I would wager quite a lot that we're in for a non-elimination next week.
0: Well, it's, it is a two-hour episode next week. We're getting legs four and five. If both of them are elimination legs, this will be the first season to have five elimination legs at the start since season 13. What was
2: the last season have four elimination legs in a row?
0: So the last one with four in a row was twenty nine, but no season since season thirteen, at least in the American race, has had uh, five in a row to begin with. And they were kind of forcing their hands on seasons twelve and thirteen, which I think both had the first five be non-elimination, uh, the first five be eliminations because they only had eleven legs.
2: Yeah, they only had two non-elims and eleven legs altogether.
0: Season 12 actually has six in a row. They didn't have the first uh, non-elim until like seven.
2: Yeah, because they did. Because that was the big trick. Because Phil lied. Phil just blatantly lied in the preseason interviews for season 12. Where he said, oh yeah, fans are going to be really pleased. Because we don't have any non-elimination likes this season. So I remember season 12 was the season where random friends and relatives and family members of mine were all watching Amazing Race. Because for some reason everyone tuned into season 12. And it was around holiday time, because I think season 12 aired at a weird time of the year as well. And it was the final thought, the first non-elimination leg. And then everyone's like, oh, it's probably going to be a non-elimination. And I said, well, Phil said it's not going to be. So whoever's last is definitely going to be eliminated. And then sure enough, uh, Kent and Vixen get to the pit stop. And then Phil says, oh, yeah, it's the first of two non-eliminations. And I'm thinking, hmm. Phil lied and made me look like an idiot.
0: And thanks to the press release, we actually know that the fifth leg is going to take place in Paris. Which we already knew anyway, but it's actually confirmed now. Yeah,
2: CBS confirming it.
0: Yeah, we can actually talk about it now, CBS has confirmed it. And they have also confirmed that the detour next leg is made up of two tasks from the previous Paraguay leg.
2: Yeah.
0: It is a choice between the Watermelon Pyramid, made most famous by uh, Vanessa and Ralph in Rachel's fight, and um, the other side is the roadblock that they did, the Bottle Dance.
2: Also known as Dave and Rachel's kryptonite. That should have put them out of the race. <laughs> I should note that this would probably make this season the first time since season 11 that they had four consecutive South America legs. Depending if you count Turnitin and Tobago as North America or South America.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of a gray area, isn't it?
2: Yeah, actually, I need to. I'm going to look that up right now, so we can say one way or the other. Uh, they consider it a part of North America. Yeah, so Western Hemisphere then. All right, let's go with that definition. <laughs> first, for season and season eleven to have the first four legs all in the Western Hemisphere.
0: <laughs> so number one, do you think legs four is going to be an, a an elimination or a non limb Number two, who's it going to be?
1: Well, I think it's non-elimination. But I think the next team out is either going to be Aparna Nuzwa or uh, Michelle and Victoria.
0: As much as I don't want to jinx them because they're brilliant, I'm worried about Michelle and Vic as well.
1: Yeah. I
0: want to be wrong because I love Michelle and Vic. I think they were brilliant characters, especially in the first leg. And they're an absolute mess and it's brilliant. But I'm... I'm a little concerned that they're going to be going, especially as in the next season trailer, we saw them do the bottle dance and they did seem to be struggling. What do you think, Sanders?
2: I think next leg will be non elim so I guess it doesn't really matter who we think is last. And I think Aparna Nishwar will be eliminated in like five. Because we haven't seen too much of them. (laughs) And I feel like they're trying to set up the season for bigger showdowns. Otherwise, what was the point of investing all that airtime into the previously on segment and everything else with having Will and James? u turn, you uh, turn Leo and Alana.
0: Do you think that Kaylin and Haley's story done?
2: I was just thinking about that too, about half a second ago.
1: Yes, yeah, the ones
2: who saved, saved Leo and Alana. Maybe
0: their story was essentially that they owed a debt to Leo and Alana, and by using the U-turn, they paid it. So maybe we'd look at Kaylin, maybe we look at Kaylin and Haley as being out next week, in one of the next two legs. I think one of the next two has got to be anonymous of them because if it isn't, then we're looking at a really predictable elimination order.
2: Do we think they're still going to do what speed Bump says? non-elimination penalty?
0: Of course they are because they've got no creativity left. <laughs> like as much as I want to go, no, they'll adapt the handicap and again properly and. It'll be brilliant. Now they're going to keep with speed bumps because people like speed bumps inexplicably, even though they're usually pretty shit.
2: Wonder what a what a speed bump would be in France.
0: Yeah, I don't know because it could very well be that like Fours an elimination, and then Paris is the the non-elim. Buy a baguette,
1: eight ten croissants.
2: Yeah, eight ten mini croissants. I could see that. I, that's, that sounds like an amazing race.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or no, ride a, ride a scooter around the Louvre like 10 times. That's what we seemed to do when we couldn't figure out where we were going.
2: We're not from here. We're <laughs> not from here.
0: <laughs> so calling back to the premiere, I did ask for, um, for five-star reviews on any review site you would like. If you think it's going to be on an obscure one, please tweet it us as well, just so I can, you know, dig it out. And we do have our first review of the week, which is from the real Jacob Angel, who said on iTunes, uh, "Amazing podcast!" Exclamation point. They have the ability to temporarily ruin Erin and Jocelyn and Brittany and Jessica's lives. If that doesn't make them a top-tier tar podcast, I don't know what does. <laughs> that works for me. Just butter us up. If you want to become our review of the week next week, please give us a five-star review wherever you find your podcasts. If it's going to be somewhere obscure, like I said, tweet, as it? Because I will probably not go digging if it's somewhere obscure. But yeah, you could be the next review of the week. Simple as that. Anything else to say about this episode? No. Nada. Good. Right answer. Thank you for listening to our Amazing Race 32 recap. We will be back next Sunday to recap the first double episode of the season with legs four and five. Don't forget, you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are at rtvwarriors. I can email us and contact us at rtvwarriors.com. Logan is on Twitter at logsubkwaki. Michelle is on Twitter at bear333333333. And I am MJ Harmstone. Logan and I will also be back to begin our Belgian Mole South Africa coverage on Thursday, which is amazing, by the way. I know I say that every time this season gets brought up, but Belgian Mole South Africa is an absolute god tier season, and everyone should watch it along with us. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Peace out and just chill till the next episode.
1: If I was coaching a team and that happened to one of my players, I would tell him you just have to keep your head down, continue grinding. That's all that you can do. Self-pity will not get you anything.